Welcome back, listeners, to the Business of Wellness podcast. I've got a very special episode in store for you today. I know I say that every week, but I'll be honest, this one really knocked my socks off. It was really exciting to have today's guests. So let me introduce you to both of them. I have with me today... Justin Levy. He is the executive director of Conscious Alliance, which is a Colorado-based national hunger relief organization, and Randy Gilbride, the vice president of commercial operations at Sunrise Partners, which is an accelerator and CPG food venture capital firm specializing in emerging brands in the healthy, active, and sustainable living space. So why are they on the business of wellness together today? Recently, Sunrise Partners announced their investment in Conscious Alliance, which makes them a partner uh, and really is something of a relatively new, at least to me, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm willing to fact check myself on that, but that's new to me, a, a partnership of a for-profit organization and a not-for-profit organization raising awareness around food waste and propelling hunger relief efforts in the U.S. So I was very curious to hear their story. I really wanted to hear more from each of them. They both have fascinating backgrounds and stories. I think you're really going to be into this um, and you're going to want to keep listening. So stick with me on this one. I want to say just one thing off the top, something that I did not actually challenge Justin or Randy on because I really wanted to hear more about them, about their story, about the partnership is the their mention of the the quote unquote benefits of organic and quote natural foods. Now, if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know my stance on this, that this is marketing. This is just meaningless marketing. But uh, I did not challenge them on this because I felt like this is their stage. This is their platform. I want to give them a chance to talk about other things. So we didn't get into that. But just so you know, just in case that you find yourself questioning, huh, I didn't think this podcast was into that kind of marketing BS. <laughs> you would be right. We're not. But it doesn't mean that I don't respect each of them and really enjoy talking to them and love this conversation. So I think you will too. As always, please feel free to leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this right now. And follow me at Jacqueline London RD on all social platforms except for TikTok at Jacqueline London. Let me know what you think. Can't wait to hear from you. And I'll see you on the other side. Justin, Randy, welcome to the Business of Wellness. This is thrilling. I feel I'm very excited to have both of you here. I feel like this is a unique, it's a unique topic. It's something that I don't honestly get to talk about a lot on this podcast, really. Um, but I certainly am interested in and want to talk about so much more. So let me just start by having each of you introduce yourselves just quickly, just a quick little intro, and then we'll get into a little bit more detail um, on each of you in a moment. But we'll start with you, Justin. My name is Justin Levy. I'm the executive director of Conscious Alliance. We are an iconic community of bands, brands, artists, and fans on a mission to awaken compassion and fight hunger nationwide. Awesome. All right, Randy, you're up. Yeah, I'm Randy Gilbride. I'm the vice president of commercial operations at Sunrise Strategic Partners. And we're a growth equity firm, uh, and we invest in brands primarily in the food and beverage space. Uh, and we like to deem ourselves value added capital. So, you know, more than just a check, we also really like to partner with our companies and, and help them from an operational standpoint. Awesome. All right. So as for, for me, I, I mean, listeners, you know me. <laughs> I feel like I feel like an intro would be excessive at this point. But as someone with a background in nutrition science, what really interested me in your partnership is 
of of a for-profit and not-for-profit organizations joining forces to raise awareness around both food waste and propel hunger relief efforts in the U.S. What I'm primarily curious to hear more about from both of you is to tell me a little bit about how this started. What was what did the decision making look like internally for each of you at your respective organizations? And and how did this play out? Like, how did this come to be that that this happened? Randy, let's start with you. Yeah, yeah. So at Sunrise, we were we were actively looking for a way to give back to the community. Um, and we wanted to find something that was aligned with food and beverage because that's really where we play. Mm-hmm. And ideally, we were hoping to find something in our backyard, so something in Colorado. Um, and I guess also we were looking for something that was just kind of a monetary donation. We wanted to hopefully get involved both, you know, from volunteering our time and also uh, ideally involving some of our portfolio companies as well. Um, so we met with a bunch of different organizations locally and, you know, uh, we had known about Conscious Alliance from our past. Uh, there was mm-hmm. the added benefit, a bunch of people on our team used to work at Justin's Nut Butters and they were one of the original partners with Conscious Alliance. So there was some familiarity there. Um, but when we started talking with Justin, you know, it, it just made perfect sense and it was kind of perfect, perfectly aligned with everything that, that we wanted on, on our end and, and gave us an opportunity to give back as well. So Awesome. Awesome. What about for you, Justin? Really similar. I've I've known and our organization has known so many folks that are involved in Sunrise um, for Mm. so many years, starting with um, Peter Burns when he was at Justin's, right? And, Mm. And Peter joined Justin's after a Conscious Alliance board member and really kind of my hero in the industry, Lance Gentry, um, passed away. He was the president of Justin's, passed away, and and Peter kind of took the helm and and helped Justin's cross over to acquisition. Um, so we've been involved. It, it just made sense. It was It's a family story yeah. to me. It's um, carrying on Lance's legacy. As Randy said, there's so many folks who were involved in Justin's and then looking at Sunrise's portfolio, a lot of our family of brands are um, really here and supported by Sunrise. So mm. uh, it's a no-brainer from Little Secrets. And, you know, we have a packaging campaign where our logo and message is messaging is on their package their logos on our truck so um awesome it just felt like we were having a lot of conversations um for a lot of years actually and conscious alliance had extreme growth over the last five and and it was the right timing cool so okay so i have many more questions i have many more follow-up questions on what both of you just said there because i want to probe a little bit deeper about um about Justin's in particular, because I think they're a really unique brand. And I know we're not, we're not here to talk about them specifically, but what, and feel free either one of you to take this, but what do you think it is about the Justin's nut butter brand besides some of the, the individuals you mentioned, Lance, Justin, um, that, that was such an influential role in your professional development and in, um, in understanding the, the landscape overall. What do you think it is about Justin's that, um, that kind of changed the game? in CPG. And maybe, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth when I say that. Maybe, (laughs) maybe that's a leap, but what do you think it is that made Justin's kind of a special brand? Randy, maybe we'll go to you first on that. 
Yeah. So I, personally, I never worked there individually, okay. but I've been in the food and beverage space in Boulder for a long, long time. So okay. Justin's is just one of those iconic brands. I mean, <laughs> and Justin individually, you yeah. know, everybody in Boulder knows who Justin is. So, um, you know, early on, he was at the farmer's market and you saw his products grow from just kind of this tiny little brand to gaining national scale. And I think if you live in this community, you know, you, and you work in this space, um, you know, a lot of the people that were involved with Justin's. Uh, Justin Levy mentioned Lance. So Lance was my first boss in the food and beverage space. Mm -hmm. I when I was back in school, I had an internship at Izzy Beverage Company, and he was just an amazing guy. So I think his story resonates with so many people. Um, and then from a product standpoint, I mean, you know, I, I love the products, um, both the, the actual nut butters plus the confectionery line. I mean, I, it's yeah. just an amazing product line, you know, and it's kind of... Um, you know, you took something and, and you just made it better. And that's what I think I love about this industry. So. Oh, so well said. That's such a great point. Took something great and made it better. I, I totally agree with that. Justin, what do you think? Justin Gold often says something to the extent of every company needs their Lance. Every person needs their Lance. And, and, um, as I said, Lance was the first person when I was, 21 years old doing this that was like be bold wait for somebody to tell you to f off like if you need something ask for it you know yeah. and and that's lance's spirit and i think uh him and justin gold really gelled and created a culture that i can't even speak to internally all mm. the things that happened at justin's but um we work with probably 60 people still who have been influenced a part of the Justin's landscape and then bring us to their next company. So no. what Justin and Lance did together to say when there was three of them sitting around a picnic table that we believe in conscious alliance and we're going to grow with them. Um, mm. They really did that over a 15 year stretch. And now we've, really grown our alliance because of it, because people have, you know, moved on in their career, went to a different company. And that's why mm. we're sitting in collaboration with Sunrise today also. So. Awesome. I love that. And you got to have their, I mean, their peanut butter cups, right? So like, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I, just, like, they, you can't go wrong with those peanut butter yeah, cups. Like, exactly. That's really the thing. But I love hearing that. I love hearing those stories. Um, both very personal stories. Really important, I think, to, to just kind of understanding the landscape. And also, I'm so glad that you said, Justin, uh, Justin Levy, that you said Justin Gold, because I was going to say, does he actually have a last name or is this a Madonna situation? <laughs> you know, and I like it, it's possible. It was possible for a moment there. <laughs> Anyway, Absolutely. Randy, specifically outside of Conscious Alliance for a moment, let's just let's just get a little bit of a snapshot, a little more of a picture of what um, Sunrise Partners actually is and does. So outside of Conscious Alliance, what do you look for in food brands when you take on new food, bra food brand partners? And how do you think Conscious Alliance really differs from from some of the more traditional partnerships that you do? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're primarily in the food and beverage space. We also have an apparel company, uh, Pact, which is a sustainable organic cotton company, great company, but that's a little bit of an outlier for us. 
So when we're looking at new businesses, we're looking for things, you know, that play in an attractive category. Um, they have a differentiated brand or product position. Um, we always look for things that have uh, a really validated proof of concept. So they're performing well, even if it's in a smaller subset of channels or, or retailers. Okay. Um, and then it's always really important for us to have um, alignment with the, with the founder or team that's involved because we really look at um, everything we do as a partnership. So, you know, it's more than just us writing a check and then sitting on a board. We, you know, we are constantly in conversation with, with our companies and we have a lot of people on our team that have been in the space for a long time. So we really feel like we can help um, when, when a problem arises. So um, obviously, you know, good bottom line, business fundamentals are important, you know, supply chain that can support growth, things like that, good unit economics. Um, as far as Conscious Alliance and, and our portfolio companies, obviously the main difference is, you know, they're a nonprofit. So really the motivation for us was, um, was to give back and, and get involved in a way that's different than, than uh, the way we, we work with our portfolio companies. Um, and I would say just the other benefit um, is that, that our portfolio companies can get involved too. So, you know, it's not just Sunrise. Um, Justin mentioned Little Secrets, but, you know, we've talked with a lot of our portfolio companies and there's a huge opportunity for them to, to provide product donations and even volunteer if they want to. So um, there's reach kind of across our portfolio for, for our current portfolio companies and then anyone we invest in in the future. So I have to ask this because I, I can't help it. I did a little sleuthing, a little bit of sleuthing online. <laughs> before we jumped on this. Um, and something I noticed about so many of your brand partners is that they're real food products. I mean, I can't, that that may sound, <laughs> listeners, I hope that doesn't sound as novel as it really feels like to me, which is a sad state, maybe a sad picture of the rest of the, the food landscape today. But what really impresses me about it is like, you have actual food. I mean, it's not like we've got actual beverages <laughs> and actual food products. And I include in that confectionery products too, like the little secrets that you mentioned, but you've also got, you know, we've got some great dairy products in there. We've got some great frozen foods in there. These are real things that real people are eating. And they're things that I recommend frequently to, to clients when I'm working one-on-one. -on -one. Can you speak a little bit to that about the, the overall nutrition philosophy, if there is one? And if there isn't one, let me just say, I'm here. I'd love to help you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there is one. I mean, so, you know, I, some of that I think is circumstance, but some of it is just, you know, we're trying to find things that are a little bit differentiated. Um, what I really like about all those companies, I mean, you've kind of hit on milk, like Maple Hill and, mm -hmm. you know, meat company, Teton Waters. We were invested in Vital Farms. Uh, what I yeah. think and what I think here at Sunrise, we think is really cool about those companies is there are things that there's a ton of consumer demand. People consume those products like crazy. They're essentially consumer staples. Um, yeah. And, you know, we align with, with, founders that just you know took a risk to do something in a better way so you know grass-fed pasture-raised it's not easy to reinvent a supply chain that's been doing things a specific way for a lot of years and um it's expensive to do that but you know i think 
when you do it right, and I think all those companies have, you create a situation where you're delivering things that people need, but again, you're just doing it in a better way. And, and that mm. has um, implications for the environment, for farmers, nutritionally, the products are better. Um, and, and for the animals, it's better too, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, all of those products. So that's mm. something that really gets me excited about our portfolio. And I, you know, I think without having a specific, you know, call to action to invest in those companies specifically, there were, there were things we all gravitated towards for those reasons. Love that. Justin, give our listeners a little bit of your backstory, the backstory and overview of Conscious Alliance. Like, what is it? How did it start and why? And I'm going to, I don't want to botch this. So, so please correct me if I'm not getting the order right, but why artists, bands, brands, and fans? That can be tough to say, but also I love that it rhymes a little bit. Yeah. I, I like everything about it. <laughs> so 21 years ago, we had an idea of engaging young people in the fight against hunger nationwide. Yeah. And our founder, who is also named Justin, just mm. to add confusion, wow. um, Justin and Evan Baker, two brothers who graduated from CU, um, were working with the band The String Cheese Incident and uh, Madison House, which is a management um, company here in Boulder, Colorado, and kind of went to the band with this idea of like, let's host a food drive at a concert and let's create mm. a poster to incentivize people to donate. So 21 years ago, we showed up at the Fillmore with a, what we call the limited edition poster. It uh, very much wasn't. We printed it at Kinko's and um, it was created by a really good friend of ours, Michael Everett, who has gone on to do incredible work within the music scene for album covers and uh, posters and things like that. Awesome. But we showed up at the, <clears throat> at the Fillmore and wound up collecting 4,000 pounds of food. Wow. Our next food drive brought in 8,000 pounds of food. And without a name or uh, anything like that, we knew we had something going. So we loaded that food up in a U-Haul. And without a contact, we drove it to the most economically isolated community in the country. We drove it to Pine Ridge Reservation, which is six hours away from our home here in Broomfield, Colorado, where our national distribution center sits today. But... We drove there with a book written by an elder named Floyd Looks for Buffalo. And on the back mm -hmm. of the book, it had a P.O. box. And okay. um, the two brothers uh, stopped in the middle of the town and said, does anyone know, know Floyd Looks for Buffalo? Now, keep in mind that Pine Ridge is the same size as the state of Connecticut. There's 40,000 people that live there. Wow. The average life expectancy is 48 to 52. Wow. And there's only one grocery store. Mm. So um, the Baker brothers got pointed to uh, Floyd and Natalie, his wife's house. And he sat them down at the kitchen table, which now I have sat at many, many times in my life. And he said, if you want to help our people, you'll help feed our people. Awesome. And that's where Conscious Alliance was built. Um, Natalie Hand uh, is still our um, field director today on Pine Ridge. And yeah. brothers came home and, and the band said, hey, we want this to happen at every single show. And their management at Madison House was uh, kind enough to say, let's not pigeonhole this thing that doesn't even exist yet into being our nonprofit. So they started introducing us to folks around the industry. We went on mm -hmm. um, 
Dead Tour. We went out with STS9. We started working with Michael Franti, um, then the Lumineers and Umphreys McGee and Nathaniel Rateliff. And, and today we work with over a hundred uh, touring bands like Dave Matthews, Jack Johnson, so many others. And, um, work with artists to actually create limited edition posters that engage young people in fighting hunger everywhere the music plays. But it all started with one artist, one band, and a room full of fans who gave a shit, honestly. That's awesome. So cool. I mean, I think I think the really most interesting part of it is that it's it's not common really to hear that the actual that the concert setting was the impetus for essentially a fight against world hunger i mean it's kind of incredible i i just think like where did that that just came seamlessly out of the individuals who are originally involved right yeah and and truly concerts are a place where people gather um i think there's a common consciousness among fans Mm. music brings us together art brings Mm -hmm. us together and you have somebody who's well known with a microphone and and making sure that kids have access to food is very non-political right completely yeah i'll i'll go against anyone that says kids don't have you know don't deserve food right and right people say well what about the parents and why why do you do this? And my answer is always the same because no seven-year-old deserves to be hungry. Right. And yeah, we make it really easy for bands to get involved. And, right. and so, you know, then Justin's was the first brand to join us and mm. it grew from there. Suja juice jumped on board and then mm. plum organics. And what we realized and where we're positioned today is that, um, there's a way for us to actually support the natural and organic community mm. by supporting brands and reducing food waste. So we, mm. many years ago, took all of our touring and logistics experience from working with these bands and going all over the country to start picking up product from brands' warehouses. And instead of them throwing away excess, we started picking it up and getting it into the hands of kids. And so today mm. we're providing over 2.2 million meals annually. But it really is this synergy between bands, brands, artists, and fans that truly makes up Conscious Alliance in this unique way. Very cool. So, Randy, let's start with you on this one. Uh, tell me about your your background. How did you get into food? How did you get into CPG food? And where did you start? Give us, give us the lay of the land on your background. Yeah, yeah. So I... I was a history major in college, so I didn't know exact, exactly what I wanted to do when I, when I got out of school. <laughs> um, and my father, uh, you know, he started a small law firm in Connecticut and I worked there for the summer. So, you know, I thought I might go down that path and, and become a lawyer and he was pushing for it, but all his partners behind his back were telling me that I should do something other than, <laughs> than become a lawyer. So I guess that stuck with me. Um, and then, so my first real job out of undergrad was uh, working for the Discovery Channel doing ad sales, which was fun, but, you know, I, I decided that's not what I wanted to do. And I, I think I, 
had a desire to work in small business versus, you know, working for large companies. Um, so I took a job working for a small sunglass company in, in California and I really liked it, but I'd gone to mm. undergrad in Colorado and liked it here. So I found my way back to Colorado. Um, and then my first job in the food and beverage space I mentioned was just interning for, for Izzy. Uh, which is a, a small beverage company. And then from there, I got a job working for a startup, uh, another startup beverage brand that one of the founders of Izzy started called Mix One, which was a great product, but it, it's no longer in existence. But it was just a great learning experience in a lot of ways that, you know, I, I liked, uh, I liked the food and beverage space. There was a lot of passion for food and beverage around Boulder. Uh, it was yeah. a place where you could be innovative. You know, I liked working for a small business where you got your hands on a lot of different things. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then from there, I've worked for, you know, a bunch of local food and beverage brands. So uh, I worked for a gluten-free bre bread and baked goods company for a long time called Udi's. That was acquired by a brand called, a, a business called Boulder Brands. So I worked there for a while. Uh, Boulder Brands got acquired. So I, I decided I didn't want to work for, again, a big company. So I jumped yeah. to a small company. Um, the, the primary brand was Dukes, which is a, you know, kind of a premium, uh, meat snacking product. Right. Um, and that got acquired by Conagra. So I stayed with Conagra for a while. So I got a little bit of that experience. And then, um, then I got the opportunity to just come to Sunrise in early 2019. And I've been here ever mm -hmm. since. That so was just, again, kind of an opportunity to work with small brands, but on, on the other side of the table. So this, this might seem like a bit of a non sequitur, but just, just to give our, our listeners who are not from Colorado a little bit more of an understanding. What, what do you think it is that makes Boulder such a special place for food and beverage brands? Because I, like, I'll tell you that I have heard this since I was working at Good Housekeeping. That was as of 2014. I, I mean, and I was always being introduced to different brands that were out of Boulder or Boulder brands or, um, you know, I, I remember actually meeting back to Justin. I remember actually meeting Justin Gold at the office there and, and he was there with a team that was talking about some of the other brands that they also represent that are from Boulder. And I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what, what is it about this small, not that small, medium sized city in Colorado <laughs> that, that breeds such amazing food and beverage companies? Like what's going on? What's in the water? Yeah. I, th I mean, I think way back when Boulder was really kind of early, uh, there was a group of people that, that were really involved in trying to help reinvent the food system. So mm. I mean, back to like the early days of White Wave and there were people that were really past passionate about organic. Um, so I think it kind of spread from there. Like you had a lot of people um, that were trying to, to make our food system better. Um, and a few of those companies started in Boulder. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a place where back in the day you could start a company. It wasn't overly expensive. You could move here and start a company and, and still pay yeah. for your rent. So, <laughs> and I think Boulder just attracts those type of people as well. It's, you know, it's a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. the mountains are great and, um, you know, you got a lot of innovative people doing a lot of innovative things. I mean, in food and food and beverage and beyond. Really and cool. some of those beginning folks, you know, launched naturally Boulder um, 20 years mm -hmm. ago as well, which is the trade association for natural and organic food, um, mm. really bringing and catalyzing that community together as well. Really interesting. All right. So, so uh, it seems like a kind of confluence of factors that made it the, the bastion of 
CPG food and beverage innovation, <laughs> but it continues to be. I mean, it just, it's really amazing. It's amazing to think about because I think like, I think about Boulder now almost in the way that I would say, if you work in tech, you think about Austin, right? Like it's, it's sort of that way. I don't know. I don't know if you see it in such terms, but maybe, maybe that's a little bit too much of a generalization, but it does seem to have like, like this kind of I don't want to call it counterculture because in a lot of ways, it's really like a lot of things that we consider mainstream, like the natural and organic labeling and uh, and all of that, all of those practices that go along with it. Um, a lot of those things are truly mainstream. So it's hard to say that it's kind of counter, but it's more of like a, an up and coming component of the industry that it, that is grown best with Colorado. And I, think a lot of the, <laughs> I think a lot of these movements start as counterculture. Yes. And then they get adopted into mainstream, which is a beautiful thing and kind of the point. Yeah. Very true. That's a really good point. I mean, from food to music to, to everything that we're all up to, it's, it's about growing something special and then providing it to the masses. Right. Really true. Really true. On that, Justin, tell us a little bit more about your background. How did you wind up as executive director of Conscious Alliance? How far back would you like me to go here? As far back as you would like. (laughs) Um, When were you born? Where? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) truly, I think that um, pieces of that are are critical to why we're sitting here today. a few days before I was born, my brain started bleeding and um, I was born in an emergency C-section and um, I was given a really big gift within mm-hmm. like a day or two of, of being born. And that was that the doctors told my parents, we have no idea what Justin's going to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to have to wait and see. And the reason why I say it was such a gift was because um, I didn't have expectation up against me, (laughs) like, ever. So it was always this, like, we're going to wait and see and and find out, right? And Mm -hmm. um, from that, I learned that spirit is really strong. Like, we all have a really strong spirit when we tap into it. But I was born... um, with cerebral palsy. Mm. And I didn't know it at the time, but I would learn later that I was going to be extremely dyslexic. Mm. And I didn't learn how to read till I was 21 years old. I've, I've mm. been in and out of um, wheelchairs and surgeries and things and had 14 surgeries, learned how to walk four different times in my life. So mm-hmm. there's this whole piece of that I always point back to, which is like, again, no expectation on me. And um, when I was in middle school, I had two or three of those surgeries that kept me out of school for a really long time, um, like mm. a month at a time. Um, I got really behind in math, right? Because it's all cumulative. Mm. And like, um, I would roll my wheelchair into my guidance counselor's office. And before I'd even say anything, he'd say, that sounds important. Close the door. I'd close the door and you'd be like, I have a meeting I'm supposed to go to in 10 minutes. I don't really want to go. Let's just chat. I love him. (laughs) Me too. And we would just chat about life. And every once in a while he would turn to me and he would say, you get it. Mm. And I was like, what the hell do I get? Like, I, I can't read. I can't walk. I'm pissed off, you know? 
and he just kept going and and I trans I I can't even say I graduated middle school. I think I got I literally pushed on to high school and um he wound up getting transferred to high school as well. I mean, oh. went to a high school with 6,000 people. Um, he got the letter L. So for Levy, he wound up my guidance counselor again and awesome. called me into his office one day and said, do you want to start a program with me to bring at-risk youth from the Chicago area to Crow Creek Reservation in South Dakota? Of course I said yes, because I would have done anything for him at that moment. Um, but I didn't know I was one of the at-risk kids he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I, I love had no idea. About that. I didn't right. know what. Yeah. I didn't even know what at-risk meant. I was like, I'm right. at risk of what? So right. <laughs> to speed it up, we went. We we packed up a Greyhound bus full of clothes and school supplies, hmm. and uh, went to Crow Creek Reservation. Um, in South Dakota, which is about four hours away from Pine Ridge. So you can mm -hmm. see a little bit where this is going. Yeah. But um, the only class I was ever good at was photography. So I brought my camera and took pictures. And the rule back then, it was way before digital, was like if you took pictures, you had to um, you had to get the person's address so you could send them the photo, right? right? And <clears throat> so we're taking pictures. We're doing like interviews, but it's really just 15 year olds connecting with 15 year olds. And what I realized then was that we were very much the same. Like mm. the biggest difference that I saw was that the kids on Crow Creek that I was chatting with had shortened the term for suicide to committed. And they'd, mm -hmm. they'd talk about their family and people that they knew and that they had committed, right? Suicide is uh, much higher on reservations. And, and that was glaring for me. So we went to a powwow. I hung out with this 11-year-old kid, took photos. You know, we, we spent a few minutes together. Um, and when I got back to my high school, my guidance counselor asked me to print all the pictures and bring them to him. And... I brought him this picture that I'll show you on the screen. It sits on my desk. I just got this like a month, oh month or two ago from my guidance counselor. But um, that little boy Amazing. committed suicide the day we left. Oh. And he was 11 years old and um, or the day after we left. And, and from then on, I realized um, I had no idea what I should do, but I knew mm. I had to do something. And I knew that I was lucky enough to not metaphysically, but um, grew up knowing that I had guardian angels with me. And those were people like my guidance counselor, my doctors, yeah. my surgeons, and other people that I met that really helped elevate my life. Yeah. And I knew it was time for me to figure out what to do to support others and not just the people that gave back to me. So um, a couple months later, I graduated high school early, not because I was the smartest kid in the room. My math teacher said I was the dumbest kid in the entire school, which I couldn't believe, you know, with 6,000 kids there. But um, flew out to Colorado, went to see the string cheese incident and met two brothers yeah. collecting food outside of a concert and um, joined Conscious Alliance at 18 years old. And uh, there's a lot of other history, but the rest is history. <laughs> that is, I gotta say, I think, I think that's one of the most incredible stories I've heard so far. I, I mean, wow. I, I just, 
I mean, amazing. For also, like, I, I think what really stands out the most to me, Justin, is that you really believed that that there was no expectation, but that there was a higher purpose almost, like that there was like some sort of purpose out there waiting for you and that it could come at any time. So it's almost like you had your eyes open. I would imagine you go to the String Cheese concert and you're like, my eyes are open and look who's here. I've just met these two brothers and the rest is history. It's, it's the craziest thing. I mean, wow. They're supporting a community that was four hours away from the place that changed my <laughs> life. Right. Yeah. It, it brought together art and music and like it literally, that was the beginning of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, all right. So to, to not fully, to, to stay on this just for another second, because you touched on it and I just want to give our listeners just a little bit more of a, of, of a background and understanding. How, how else, in addition, you mentioned the dyslexia, you mentioned cerebral palsy. How else? I mean, I can't, the, the learning to walk four different times is such an amazing part of your story that I just. It was a real pain in the hear. ass. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It sounds like a real pain in the ass. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I concur. I haven't experienced it, but I can only imagine it's a real pain in the ass. What, how else do you feel like your experiences dealing with some of these, these health struggles? How have these influenced your, your work today, whether it is through Conscious Alliance or through other things that you do in, in your community. And I ask that also because I'm curious for your perspective just on healthcare in general today. I mean, it sounds like you, you, you know, I, I know that your story is one, but it's one important one. I'd just love to hear your take on where things kind of stand also. <laughs> yeah. I think how it, how all of my life experiences have shaped me so far is that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't write somebody a letter and tell them how I felt. So I had mm -hmm. to tell them in person and, and my parents get a lot of credit for teaching me to be an advocate for myself and allowing me to be an advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. And what I developed from that and from, like I said, the guardian angel piece, like that was a big mm. topic of conversation. And again, it wasn't that none of it would, was metaphysical, right? But like so much of it was like these people show up in your life yeah. at the time when you need them, you know, yeah. which then taught me yeah. again that I could do that. But I learned at a really young age how to bring people in mm. and develop my team. And it was because I so badly needed it. But yeah. how to make people feel a part of something, how to make people feel included. And mm. I hope every day, and I, I, I believe this, that that's what helps me develop teams and allow people to um, tap into their own strengths now for Conscious Alliance, right? Mm. Yeah, huge. I mean, it's so well said. I never, I never think about that now, and it really shows you. Uh, I mean, certainly the privilege that I've experienced, but also just the the fact that I think we take that for granted, how much it's actually such an important skill to know how to just communicate with words and, and how to approach people and how to talk to people versus just how to write to people. Because I, let me tell you, like that was something that was drilled into me as a kid was being 
a writer. I mean, I really felt like that was such a big part of my identity, yeah. right? Like as a kid, I mean, and a lot of people felt like that. I, a lot of people didn't feel like that just as much, but it's just, it's interesting to think now that like, I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about how many ways I use writing in some capacity to communicate when talking actually, we, we just like undervalue it so much. It's just like to hear your perspective, it really is so important. Yeah. And things have changed for me, but I, I mean, I would challenge anybody, and I, I, I know because I know Randy that this rings true, which is just if you want to grow something, you bring people in. Yeah. You know, Randy, you spoke so much about believing in the leader, right? If you believe in the leader, you believe in the team they're building. Um, mm. And I think it's really important, right, is make everybody feel a part of something, make them feel a part, and then let them be a part of it. And and that's how Conscious Alliance has grown. Mm. Um, that's how we went from three people sitting around a picnic table with one brand to 75 brands. And that's how we went from one band to 100 bands. Right? So cool. Let everybody take action. Mm. Randy, can you tell us more about this? What is this believing in the leader discussion? <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear more on this. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think to Justin's point, I think passion is infectious. Um, totally. So you have a passionate leader um, and you have a cause like Conscious mm -hmm. Alliance or even some of the food companies we, we partner with. You know, I think it's easy for others to get behind. And to Justin's point, I think if everyone feels ownership over uh, the mission that you guys are trying to accomplish, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think you get better, better uh, work out of everyone. So, yeah, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. Hmm. So, Randy, from your perspective and from your experience from working in CPG um, and working now in venture capital, what do you think is the food that what do you think the food industry, let's say, and I know that this is a big question, but feel free <laughs> to come at it from wherever you like. What do you think the food industry is getting wrong today? Let's start with that. I think I get. I think for me, just in terms of what's missing, I think you know, kind of healthier, better for you, organic products at a accessible price point. I think there are reasons for it. Um, you know, I think oftentimes those those products are more costly to make and produce, but. Um, I think that's the most important thing. And I, you know, it's what's something that really excites me about Conscious Alliance because it's kind of part of their mission. They're trying to deliver food and not just any food, but, you know, healthier food to undernourished communities. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, still the vast majority of the products that are on grocery store shelves, um, you know, a lot of them have very low nutrient density. Um, Taste is important, but, you know, it's um, delivering products that have high tr nutritional value that also taste good um, mm -hmm. at a price point that the vast majority of people can afford. I think that that is, um, you know, really important. Hmm. Where do you see investments being made that make you think, sounds like they really, to use a, a colloquialism, they really shit the bed on that? Like. <laughs> <laughs> where do you um, see where do you see some of those? And feel free to be as candid as you like with that answer. I, I mean, we'd love to hear it from you. I, I think just kind of like the trend proliferation sometimes. Yeah. So yes. um you know, we all go to Expo West, which is a yeah. big national product God. trade show every year. And, you know, there will be one idea that gets some traction, but then you go the next year and there's four hundred Me Too products. So um, I think that's where sometimes I scratch my head about investments that are made or just, you know, I, um, 
you know, I, I feel for the people founding those products because they're, um, there's a lot of passion behind it. But at the same time, you know, when you're the fourth, fifth person doing something yeah. and there's not a ton of meaningful differentiation, then I worry that um, it's not going to be successful. So th that's, right. that's where I, I, I guess I see poor investments made or, you know, poor decisions being made. But at the same time, I, I'm hesitant to call anything a bad, uh, a bad idea or a bad investment because I've definitely been proven wrong. I've walked that trade show and seen ideas where I'm like, oh man, that's going nowhere. And then the next thing I know, it's the next big thing. So. <laughs> okay. Give it, can you give us one example of something like that, um, something that, went that, that had that traje trajectory? <laughs> It's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, but I can give you a couple of like broad yeah. examples. Like, you know, years ago, Crave Jerky sold to Hershey and yes. then you go to Expo West and there are a million different meats, snack yeah. brands. So, you know, I, not to tout a company that I work with, but then uh, Dukes yeah. was a company that I ended up working for. The reason I think they worked was just they created a unique form. So instead of just kind of like a another premium jerky, they were creating like a little sausage um, stick that was kind of different than what everyone else was doing. So that worked when you know your fourth yeah. or fifth jerky brand, uh, premium jerky brand, didn't didn't work. So I I mean the the humor in it is that like then there's the the scenario so when you say jerky it's a perfect example it's such a good example of how this industry has evolved and how you could just as easily have said years ago you're telling me that a slim gym is going to sell for do you know like, I mean, how much how much were they sold to was it Pepsi it was Pepsi right that they sold to the Crave was sold to Pepsi for how much? Crave was, Crave was Hershey. I don't know what the Hershey, exact that's right. acquisition price was. I, recently, right. they actually uh, yeah. sold Crave back I in the original that. year. So. That's it's right. funny because I was thinking beef jerky as we were talking about like, yes. imagining it's myself walking perfect, through. And also, jerky. there's another one that came, out of, um, that came out of Boulder that I'm blanking on. Epic? Is it Epic? I think they're General Mills now. Epic was Austin. They were General Austin. Mills. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that was the one I was getting confused about. But it's such a great example because now, like today, so I, I saw something at Whole Foods that disturbed me. I just shared this anecdote with you all and with our listeners also, which is that I saw a Crave product that is now a plant-based jerky. <laughs> and my feeling is like, listen, I, I'm a dietitian, but I'm also a realist. Like there's, when I say plant-based, what I'm talking about is people including more veggies and fruit on their meal on their plate when that opportunity is available to you. I'm not talking about making everything into plants that weren't meant to be plants. Some things were not meant to be plant-based, and I would argue beef jerky is one of those things that just not, wasn't meant to be. That wasn't a, a thing that was meant to be. Now, on the flip side of that, then I see things that's like f the food marketing of it all, where you see products now that are fruit jerky. We used to just call this dried fruit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that used to just be dried mango. Like, now it's fruit jerky. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's almost like become such a category disruptor to call something jerky that it that it's like taken over other parts of the grocery store. I, I mean, that's its own sort of fascinating discussion right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, you brought up plant-based, which is another yeah. one where I think it's, you know, um, it's the original products. There's so many great brands out there, but it was also yeah. kind of a, uh, you know, a big trend. And there were so many plant-based brands that launched all at once. So there were so many more brands than consumer demand, which, you so know, I true. think- 
And then you had all the brands that were trying to just replicate me, which I think was well, well intentioned, right? Because, you know, there's so yeah. many people who are large meat eaters in this country. So if yeah. you kind of deliver something that um, delivers on, on taste and things like that, then I think uh, you can really kind of convert people to a new way of eating. But at the same mm. time, uh, a lot of those products aren't that nutrient dense. So people are kind of yeah. like, all right, you know, um, I'm, I'm eating plant-based, but I also am eating something that's really high in saturated fat and isn't that healthy for me. So I think there are a lot of brands mm-hmm. out there that are really doing it well. And then others where it's a challenge because they're, you know, maybe they've eliminated meat um, and there are benefits to that, but they're mm. also, you know, not that good for you. So are there any other areas, let's say in the investment space where you see some investments being made and you're like, this is really inspiring, or I think this is the next thing. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's, you know, anything that's, um, and it can be a variety of things. So, uh, you know, I, I keep using <laughs> examples from our own portfolio, but that's yeah, probably no, the closest to them, but yeah. You know, I really like the regenerative ag space. Um, you know, I mentioned all those brands before, Maple, Teton, Vital Farms. I like that they're delivering products that people are buying and people need. And, um, you know, they're doing it in just a much better way. But even outside of just that, you know, I, I really like Kodiak Cakes, which was one of our portfolio brands. So they took... Yeah a category that people were shopping less and less because there was no nutrition in the category and they just added protein and whole grains, which is really simple, but uh, they brought a lot of people back to that category. I mean, that's something I have little kids that's literally constantly in our pantry Um, and then little secrets, same thing. I mean, fair trade, um, better ingredients, nothing artificial, you know, it's just, um, chocolate that you can feel better about eating for a variety of reasons. So those are the things that inspire me. Hmm. Do you, and again, not to take us too far off course, but do you think that there is, and I know I'm talking to the right two people to answer this, but do do you think that, that there is a need or, or uh, let, let me phrase this differently. Is it a need to have or a nice to have to have food products that are socially conscious? And feel free to answer that, both of you, in however, whatever capacity you feel like it it fits for you. I mean, I think it's a need to have, again, using mm-hmm. regenerative ag as an example. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. um, there, there are a lot of people on this planet. Um, you need to have foods that are made in the right way to support the environment, to support the population. Um you know, there's, uh, and this gets a conscious alliance, but just there's a hunger Mm. epidemic in this, in this country and the world as a whole. And there's also a lot of food waste. So, um, Mm. if you connect the dots, it seems like we can all do things a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, certainly like, and that's the regenerative component is the thing I find myself talking about the most is that like, there are so many things that don't need, we don't need to actually reinvent the wheel to see the regenerative components of them. It's just that we haven't been talking about them and perhaps not marketing them in the way that they should be. And my favorite example to use of that is like pulse crops, for example, like you, you can't, there's no better food for soil and for humans, right? That, that really is doing a job that that really carries a major weight for, for two very important components to our entire food system and to, to human health as well. And it makes me think that like, I, I feel like sometimes we've just overcomplicated it, right? Justin, what do you think? I think it's an absolute need um, yeah. to create and provide the best food possible. Um, yeah. 
kids, families everywhere deserve nutrition. And, and with that, by providing nutritious food and consistent food, you know, kids don't have to have anxiety about where their next meal is going to come from, mm. right? which is a thing that we saw and we've seen so much over the years that when, when kids know that they have food on the weekend and nutritious food on Wednesday, they don't start getting stomach aches and anxiety because when they go home on Friday, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Right. So yeah. um, in our country, we're, we're in such this mental health crisis um, mm. as well with, with so many different populations and, and career paths and students and everything that like, I think it all starts at the very basic of providing and making sure that kids and families have access to nutritious food. I think it mm. helps shape and shift everything from there. And I know that there's a lot more to it, but I really believe that with sleep, nutrition and, and shelter, right? It's, it's the basics. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Do you, as a result of your collaboration, of your partnership, are there, are there other ways, are there other things that have come as a result of your organizations coming together? Are there other innovations on the horizon as a result of the Conscious Alliance, Sunrise Partners partnership that have sparked some new innovation across the portfolio of CPG brands that, that, you work with Randy and artists that you are close to, Justin. Are, is there anything new that's come out of this that that you see this actually moving the needle forward in um, some more tangible ways? The the model that Sunrise took with Conscious Alliance and that we developed together, I think, is critical and and should mm. be a model for nonprofits and for profits working together, which is. Uh, First financial commitment because with that, Conscious Alliance is able to do the work at, at the ground level and the really important work again of making sure kids have access to food. The, the second two pieces that, that make this a shining star for us and, mm. and why we're so excited about teaming up with Sunrise is the volunteer time that Sunrise mm. has committed, um, just joining us at our national distribution center and, and doing the hands-on work. Um, and through that, we build connection. We know each other more. We know each other's families more. And, and that automatically creates the opportunity to have a bigger impact. The third piece is kind of the professional development and, and pieces where I know that I can and my team can go to the Sunrise team with with very big and critical questions um, that may help us get our next brand partner on board or mm. may help us solve a accounting issue where donations for a company are coming out of marketing, but they're just mm. going to be thrown away anyways. And so let's rework the way the PNL looks so that it comes out of cost of goods sold. Like there's no reason why great food should be thrown out. And so yeah. having the collective experience of the Sunrise team at our side is a really amazing piece for me mm. and the Conscious Alliance team. And I know we're going to accomplish more. That's awesome. 
Randy, anything you want to add to that before we get to yeah. our last question here? I mean, I echo everything Justin said. And I know on our side, everyone on our team is just so excited to get involved. Me personally, I think, you know, he touched on the volunteer component. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm excited uh, to, to take part in that. And I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old that are, you know, I'm excited to bring them as well. And they're excited awesome. too. So I think that's one of the things I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Amazing. All right. So we have to, this is, it's going to sound like it's out of left field, but we have to switch gears to our our final question, which I like to ask everyone, any guest on this podcast gets this question and uh, you can, I'm going to say, we'll start with you, Justin, and we'll end with Randy. What is the most annoying thing, whether it's in person or online (laughs) that you have seen in the wellness space? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's an incredible question. That's not an easy one. Yeah. I'm going to just pull it to like my lived experience within Conscious Alliance. And it's sort of like, we like to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of of, uh, noise out there in health and wellness, but I, I think for me and, I don't think conscious alliance is a fit for everyone. Right. And, and for me, I want someone to be a hundred percent bought in and that's where we create the magic. Right. We, we really um, work with folks like sunrise where there's just such alignment where it really makes sense, but it doesn't happen that often, but sometimes I wind up on a call where someone just says, why would I donate to you when I can, sell some of this product for pennies or it's easier to throw it away. And then it's just this like (laughs) miss. And again, doesn't happen often at all, right? Especially within natural and organic and as our brand portfolio grows um, also, but there's still some of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, and the other piece of like, well, why are you helping people that can't help themselves? And I go back to like, it's never a seven-year-old's fault, but yeah, totally, totally. Well said. All right, Randy, you're up. (laughs) Okay. I think as far as um, thinking kind of specifically in our food and beverage space, I think the things that I, I, without giving a specific example or having a specific example, you know, I think the things that I, always um that always give me pause or just anything that kind of says it's going to be a silver bullet towards some mm. wellness or functional goal you know i, I um okay. yeah so i mean i always think it's uh health and wellness is more complicated than that but it's also a lot more simple there's uh that quote from what the uh the book in defense of food by michael Pollan that mm-hmm. has like stuck with me ever since i read that ages ago but you know it's, a, it's something along the lines of like eat food not too much mostly plants so yep. i can't say i always uh live by that but i know i yep. should so <laughs> I uh, <can't>. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, I appreciate you both being here so much. Thank you for such an incredible and thoughtful interview and for so much of your time. I seriously appreciate it. I know I have to let you go. Before I do, just tell us where can people go to learn more about the partnership and learn more about each of you? So for us, um, anybody that wants to join Conscious Alliance can go to consciousalliance.org backslash take action. And and there they can immediately get involved and join the alliance. Awesome. 
And for us, if you want to learn more about Sunrise, you can go to our website. It's uh, sunrisestrategicpartners.com and you can reach out to us there as well. Sounds great. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Thanks so much for listening to The Business of Wellness. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Remember that advice provided on this podcast is based on my application of research and practice as a registered dietitian and should not replace medical advice provided by your physician. If you like what you're listening to, please follow the show, leave a five-star rating, and share something you love from today's episode by leaving a review. This podcast only grows with your support. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it far and wide. It may be the one thing someone needs to hear to start building that roadmap today to secure a healthier, happier future. That's it for now. So until next time, cheers.